Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. Perhaps the most interesting thing about botanical method aquariums, particularly from the perspective of an aquascaper, which I am not, but I interact with quite a few and I can kind of relate that. Um, but the most interesting thing, or one of the most interesting thing about botanical method aquariums for an aquascaper is that they're not static systems. In other words, almost from the minute you set them up, they begin changing, uh, evolving as we like to say, but not unlike planet aquariums in some respect, purely botanical method aquariums are highly dynamic and literally look slightly different each and every day. Oh sure, the permanent hardscape, the wood, the rocks, if you use them, are not going anywhere typically, not changing much with the exception of recruiting biofilms and perhaps a little patina of fungal growth or algae or whatever over time. However, by and large, the rest of the scape, leaves, seed pods, twigs, etc., starts to soften, to break down, to recruit biofilms, and gets moved about by the currents and the activity of the resident fishes. Our botanical method aquariums are not set and forget systems and require basic maintenance, as we've talked about over the years, you know, water exchanges, regular water testing, filter media replacement or cleaning if you use it, just like any other aquarium. They do have one unique requirement as a part of their ongoing maintenance, which other types of aquariums seem to not have. The topping off or the occasional additions up to the aquarium of new botanical materials as the old ones or existing ones break down. It's sort of a regular thing, almost a revered ritualistic sort of thing among really hardcore botanical method aquarium freaks. You see a lot of these Instagram videos of people boiling botanicals and getting ready to add them. It's kind of a loved tradition, I guess. The topping off of botanicals in your tank accomplishes a couple of things. First, it creates a certain degree of environmental continuity, keeping things consistent from a, I don't know, a botanical capacity standpoint. Over time, you have the opportunity to establish a baseline of water parameters, knowing how many of what to add to keep things more or less consistent um, which could make the regular topping off of botanicals a bit more of a science in addition to an art at some point, knowing how to keep the ecology going, indeed understanding that there's an ecological benefit to adding new materials from time to time. And of course, in addition, it does keep an aesthetic you know, vibe in your aquarium going, or at least keeps it consistent, and consistent in that you can keep the sort of look you have while making subtle, or even less than subtle, uh, enhancements as desired. Yeah, it's dynamic. And of course, topping off botanicals helps you more intimately stay in touch with your aquarium, much in the same way a planted tank enthusiast would by trimming plants or a reefer would while making coral frags. When you're actively involved in the operation of your aquarium, you simply notice more. You can also learn more, appreciate the subtle yet obvious changes which arrive on an, arise on an almost daily basis in our botanical method aquariums. I dare say that one of the things I do enjoy the most with my botanical method aquariums, besides just observing them, of course, is that top off of botanical supplies from time to time. Again, I feel that it not only gives me a sense of actively participating in the aquarium and working with nature, it provides a sense that you're doing something that nature's done for eons, something very primal and essential. Even the prep process is kind of engaging. But again, think about this. When you're adding leaves, it sort of replicates what happens in nature where new materials are constantly getting flushed into or falling into natural waters and getting distributed through it by currents and weather conditions and stuff like that. Um, again, it's a more holistic context that can make your experience with a botanical method aquarium that much more rewarding. 
And in my opinion, botan- and this doesn't sound, not to sound crassly commercial, but botanicals should be viewed as consumables of sorts in our hobby, much like activated carbon filter pads or whatever. They simply don't last indefinitely, at least not in their initial form. And there's nothing wrong with topping them off and changing them. Nature does its own version of this process too, as we know, you know, again, uh, many of those bodies of water, which sort of meander through jungles and rainforests are constantly being restocked with leaves and seed pods and branches and other botanical materials from the surrounding vegetation some of which are knocked into the water by weather, wind, animal activity, whatever. Depending on the velocity of water, its depth, they may aggregate right where they fall, or they'll be gradually redistributed downstream by the current. Again, it's that relationship, that interdependency between the aquatic environment and the, uh, and the terrestrial environment that I find so fascinating. Now, interestingly, in places like the rainforest streams in Amazonia, biologists have observed floating leaf litter beds which hold together for quite a long time almost becoming known features in aquatic you know topography of the igarapes and the streams in the region the guys who are out on those canoes and boats know where those things are they avoid them if they're you know to avoid getting stuck in them so imagine if you will and this sounds funny to say this but a classic submerged leaf litter bed in amazonia comprised of a variety of leaves branches twigs seed pods other botanical materials etc yet floating on the water's surface extending as much as a few feet below the water what you get is a fairly deep layer of plant materials colonized by fishes and other creatures which forage on the macroinvertebrate life found in these complex assemblages it's like a reef sort of right Biologists will call this an ephemeral habitat as it's transitory or temporary as it slowly breaks apart, despite the fact that it might be years before this actually happens. Okay, so it slowly breaks apart over months and months. And often these floating or partially submerged leaf litter banks either accumulate among the branches of overhanging vegetation during the high water season, gradually floating downstream, or they stay anchored in place by fallen tree trunks and other large materials, ultimately forming a more traditional submerged leaf litter bed as they sink in place. Think about the possibilities to replicate this in our aquariums. I found this to be an amazingly interesting little niche, if you really think about it. It reminds me of those uh, sargassum forests that you see in the Caribbean and the tropical West Atlantic, literally floating feast for the animals that reside there. This is another... uh, irresistible ecological niche for us to play with right i don't think i've seen anybody actually do that yet oh and many fish species associate with these floating leaf litter banks for the entire wet season and one of the reasons they stay put is because the food sources are there in fact a species of water bug weberellia rhomboides is found almost exclusively in these floating leaf litter banks attracting large numbers of insectivorous fishes like kerosens catfishes knife fishes and others Yeah, it's a virtual who's who of blackwater leaf litter zone dwellers, some of which are very familiar to us as hobbyists. For example, kerosens like hemogrammus species, monkhousia, the the rivulus species of killies, and of course cichlids, including a number of epistos, crencicla, and the much-loved mesonata festivus, just to name a few. You can imagine how this could make a very interesting theme for an aquarium. Yeah, I can, as you'd probably imagine. How would you do this? Well, you'd probably want a fairly shallow yet wide aquarium and probably would filter it with an either an outside power filter or a canister filter with the return position in such a way as to minimally disturb the surface. With minimal preparation, <laughs> i.e. just cleaning the 
stuff with a light boil or whatever, but not trying to saturate it, you'd dump your botanicals right in. It would sort of float for a while before sinking to the bottom, which used to drive us crazy. But in this context, maybe not a bad idea. So you'd be essentially be creating a diverse assemblage of botanicals, just like if you were doing a conventional leaf litter display. I love that. There's actually a conventional leaf litter display now. Look how far we've come, right? And of course, nature offers no shortage of inspiring leaf litter habitats to take a look at. Now, eventually, some of this stuff will sink or be trapped below the floating matrix and you'll end up with materials on the bottom. Okay, cool. It would transition naturally to a more conventional botanicals on the bottom display. So this is essentially an ephemeral display within a display transitioning from floating leaf litter bed to a submerged leaf litter aquarium. How freaking cool is that? Of course, you could probably keep it going by replacing the leaves and stuff like you would anyways, right? And as the wood becomes submerged, you'd let it do its thing and or replace with new pieces. One of the things I've noticed is um, some materials, like I use a lot of oak branches in my work, um, and they tend to float but saturate relatively quickly. Like in a couple of days, sometimes you can get them to stay down, but sometimes they float sort of mid-water for a while. Um something to work with. Okay, I digressed a bit, but what else is new? The point is, the wild habitats are constantly evolving, accumulating new materials and creating new physical habitats for fishes to forage among. New food sources and chemical and energy inputs are important to the biological diversity and the continuity of the flooded forests and the streams all over the tropics. And the phenomenon is not limited to, you know, the Amazonian forests, of course. We see the same thing occurring in mangals, which are habitats in which mangroves dominate. We've talked about these before. Falling leaves from the mangrove trees and botanical materials accumulating, decomposing, and being redistributed by natural forces is a constant process, helping to enrich the overall aquatic habitat for a myriad of organisms. The ecodiversity and productivity of mangrove habitats, like many of the habitats in which leaves and botanical materials accumulate underwater, is truly remarkable. I've seen this phenomenon of leaves dropping naturally, and supplemented by me as well, in my mangrove-inspired brackish water aquariums over the, you know, over the past few years. I see a lot of this evolution occurring almost daily. It's a really dynamic habitat for fishes. Perhaps one of the more completely functional aesthetic aquariums I've ever built in many years. The brackish water tank that I was working with not long ago really put that function process front and center, giving me like a ringside seat of an evolving brackish water microcosm. Leaves fall, they break down, and they become food resources and physical shelter for the fishes and the animals which reside in the aquarium, just like in nature. And of course, the idea of botanical materials accumulating in our aquariums, impacting both the ecological diversity and the function of them is a big part of what the excitement of botanical method aquarium keeping is all about. It's not just the unique aesthetics, it's the function that they bring and the possibilities that accompany them. We're now at a phase where enough people have gotten past the, will this stuff kill my fish? And, and, and kind of moved on to, how could I facilitate you know, maximum benefit to my fishes with a botanical method aquarium? That's a pretty interesting phase. And the point of all this stuff is that the botanical method aquariums that we love so much are truly dynamic habitats, constantly changing and evolving, much like they do in nature. The ability to replicate the look, the characteristics, and most important, the function of nature in our aquariums is an amazing process that will benefit the larger aquarium hobby in ways we probably haven't even fully realized at this time. Wow. It's time for more great experimentation, more discovery, 
and further exploration of the potential of providing our fishes with what, with what might be, in my opinion, the most natural simulation of nature possible. It's truly an exciting time to be in the hobby, especially in our little sector. Oh, yeah, and you're right in the thick of it. Stay inspired, stay involved, stay excited, stay creative, stay observant, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Fellman from Tenant Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tent.